My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash mpn to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash mpn. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's time for today's travel and cruise industry news. With the latest from travel and cruises around the world, here's your host, Chili Falls. Good morning and welcome to Friday Travel and Cruise Industry News on this, the 28th day of July, 2023, coming to you from Bedford County, Virginia, right outside of Lynchburg. We do have a number of stories to get to this morning. The lead story has to deal with Princess, who I'll be on here in just a couple weeks. Uh, Princess adds new perks. Itineraries adjusted for three West Coast ships. Adora Magic City completes its sea trials. Aida offers National Geographic Day Tours. A $50 million bond for a carnival terminal. And accessible restrooms for smaller airplanes. That and a lot more here at 11 o'clock this morning. Today, folks, is National Milk Chocolate Day. Now, I like chocolate, but if I don't eat chocolate very often, that's okay, too. And that, the only exception to that rule, however, is chocolate chip cookies. Now, that's different. All bets are off. And you put a chocolate chip cookie within a half mile of me, it's gone. Just saying. But as far as just pure chocolate, a chocolate candy bar, you know, just any kind of chocolate, chocolate milk, eh. no, but chocolate chip cookies, yeah. All right, if you're listening via the podcast, welcome aboard. You can always access the podcast uh, via my blog, which is accessadventure.net. Or wherever you get your podcasts from, just search for Travel and Cruise Industry News, and up pops the fat travel guy. If you are listening via the podcast and ever want to jump over to the video feed to see maybe an interview on that day's show or pictures or video clips that I'm using on the show, 
there's always a link in the description of your podcast to do just that. And all the big guys, any of them, all the all of them have us registered. So just jump in. So, all right. If you have not done so already, folks, please uh, hit that like button uh, either now or before you leave us. Uh, that would help the channel out a lot. Uh, welcome if any of you guys are new. Uh, we have, we're continuing with our growth uh, pattern. Uh, just a few days ago, hit 4,000 subscribers. I'm going to hit 4,100 before today's over with today. I believe I'm nine short of 4,100 now, as just a few minutes ago. So I uh, thank you for all of you that have subscribed to the channel. Uh, we are definitely going in, the, in a po very positive direction right now. So um, if you have not subscribed, please uh, do so if you don't mind. That will help us out tremendously. It costs you nothing. Hit the bell notification. You'll be notified when I go live or when a new video is posted. So that's the commercial message for today. All right, today's stop story, folks. I got to deal with a princess. You know, I'll be on the Sapphire Princess on the 30th of August, sailing from Whittier, which is Anchorage, Alaska, down to Vancouver. The week before, I'll be on the Nordam, sailing from Vancouver up to uh, Anchorage. But anyway, this has to deal with all of uh, Princess Cruise Lines. Princess is giving guests several more reasons to book the line's Princess Plus and Princess Premier upgrade plans, starting with embarkations fleet-wide on August the 12th. So that's still a couple weeks away. Cruisers who book either plan will enjoy all of these things. The ease of boarding, also a priority to the cruise line, uh, under the new inclusions for Plus and Premier guests, the Cruise Line's Princess app was upgraded to include an enhanced ocean-ready process, and guests can reach Green Lane status when they provide fully completed travel doc documents prior to boarding. Ocean View Now, the line's on-demand location-based delivery service and uh, for food and drinks, it means that no matter where a guest is on the ship, such as poolside or in the lounge area, for instance, the cruiser can enjoy delivery of menu items whenever they wish. The service normally has an activation fee of $14.99 per guest per voyage, but that fee is being waived for plus and premier guests. Another important important fee that's being waived for, waived for these guests is the room service delivery fee of $5 per delivery. If you're Plus or Premier, no more delivery for room service. Plus and Premier guests now have the Princess Medallion delivered to their homes before embarkation at no cost, enabling them to immediately board the ship without waiting in lines. Home delivery of the Princess Medallion usually cost standard fare cruisers 10 bucks. 
However, Plus and Premier guests will now pay no fee for having the device shipped to them prior to embarkation. The device is used for many onboard services, such as making dining and theater reservations, spa appointments, and other tasks. Princess Plus costs $60 per day, and here's what it covers. I got Princess Plus, folks, on my upcoming cruise. It covers a drink package of drinks up to $15 a piece, crew gratuities, that's that $14.99 a day or whatever it is for Princess now, unlimited, unlimited medallion net 2.0 with Starlink, and 5G for a single device. That's to take care of all my Wi-Fi needs. Two fitness classes per cruise. Uh, yeah, can you see me in a fitness? They have fitness classes for wheelchairs? I don't know about that one, but it's there. And then they've got some special desserts and juices. All right, now, if you break that down to 60 bucks, I looked at it that, you know, a drinks package is going to be, you know, some 400 bucks. 450 something like that. The Wi-Fi package is normally another couple hundred dollars. That's $600 right there. I don't much care about any of the other things. Oh, the the uh, uh, gratuities, uh, $14.99 a day. So uh, the course of a cruise is, what's that, 100 bucks or so? So you're up to $700 now or more for... $60 a day, that's $420. Uh, it doesn't take a genius in math to figure out what you need to do on that. The Princess Premier costs 80 bucks, And uh, you get uh, uh, some different amenities in addition to everything you get with, uh, with the uh, Plus. Uh, you also get two nights of specialty dining, higher savings in the beverage package, reserved seating in the Princess Theater, unlimited medallion 2.0 with Starlink, and 5G uh, for the Wi-Fi end of things, an unlimited digital photo package, and the full drinks package for anything. I mean, if it's uh, $25 a drink, it's, it's included, all right? That costs you eighty dollars a day, so that's an extra twenty bucks a day, uh, as it sits right now. Now, the controversy that came up with this from several of my competitors that didn't go into the details. There's, there's uh, FedEx, by the way, y'all. Um, so, the uh, sorry, that was that's my eleven thousand dollar a month meds. I got to make sure that they get it before. FedEx got leaves. So anyway, folks, uh, here's what causes a problem with this yesterday. Several people in this space were talking about it, that it's a money grab. It's just a way for them to raise money, you know, more money coming in. Well, no, that's not the case, but I could see where some of them might be confused about that because of this next little segment here. All right. The cruise line is uh, rolling out uh, pre-fee dining at Vine, Salty Dog Pub, O'Malley's, Ocean Terrace, Planks, Steamers, Alfredo's, and Gigi's. 
these casual eaters, eateries will have new three-course, three-fixed menus, and guests sailing on standard Princess Cruise fares will be charged $14.99 for those eateries. Individual selections could continue on with a la carte pricing. So let's say you go to uh, Ocean Terrace, for instance, you're going to be charged $14.99. But then if you want uh, the lobster, for instance, uh, that would be an additional fee uh, on the uh, a la carte basis. Now, somebody's going to say, oh, well, I don't want to pay more for all of that. Guess who purchased the Princess Premier? Okay, that's the expensive one, the $80 one. We'll be able to dine at these locations at no cost. And as many times as they like throughout the cruise. So you could do one of the pay restaurants for every meal and not have to pay anything extra for it. Guests now purchase Princess Plus will get two pre-fee meals at any of the casualty dining locations. So that's $14.90 for, for the cheap one like I have, the $60 one. And I'm saying that's cheap because it's $60 and $80, okay? I get two meals on my package. So there's another $14.99 times two. So there's another $30 in value added on to what I was up to $700 and something uh, to spend the, the $420. Uh, I mean, there's still, that's not a money grab to me, folks. That's going to actually give you more value for what you've already spent. If you buy nothing, okay, the, then you got to pay for your own drinks. You got to pay for your own specialty meals. That's the one that would actually hurt people uh, or cost people more. But I mean, I took a quick poll of the folks that are going with me on um, on on the uh, Sapphire Princess, and they all have the plus. Everyone, because they're looking at value and not cost. One of the things that sometimes we don't do, we look totally, and I'm as guilty as anybody else. I look at the cost of something and not the value of something. All right, with the new added-on perks and cost savings, Princess is saying the plan will save cruisers more than 70% off retail value if all of the components were purchased separately. The line said it amounts to a savings of $668 on a seven-day cruise. So in other words, if you pay for your cruise, and you buy all the same things at retail price, you will spend $688 more than you will if you do it with the package. I don't look at that as a bad thing, folks. I look at that as a good thing. All right, the next story is in the same family, but it has to deal with Carnival. Carnival, of course, owns Princess. Carnival announced that they're, uh, have, they've reached out to guests that are book on, booked on three upcoming sailings 
each for a different vessel about itinerary changes. Alterations include port reversal orders, a port cancellation, and adjusted times in a popular Mexican destination. Three different carnival ships, including what will be the newest ship of the fleet at the time, are having select itineraries adjusted. And folks, this is something that we may see spread out to other sailings, but this is particularly now just for one sailing for each. The impacted sailings are on board the Carnival Radiance, the Carnival Ferice, and Carnival Panorama. Each affected sailing has a different departure date and different uh, changes to the itinerary. Carnival Radiance, that's the one that used to be the Carnival Victory, which I have sailed on twice, will sail a reverse itinerary for its November 25th, 2024 departure, a six-night Mexican Riviera sailing from Long Beach, California. The itinerary was initially planned to visit Cabo, followed by Ensenada. Now the ship will set sail in reverse order, visiting Ensenada and then going to Cabo. The port time in Ensenada remains unchanged, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m., but the time in Cabo has been adjusted by arriving an hour earlier and departing two hours, uh, excuse me, by, has been adjusted by arriving an hour earlier and departing two hours earlier, a net loss of one hour in the popular port. The call is an overnight visit, however. So you're there for a long time. Just months after she joins the fun ship fleet in May of 2024, Carnival Firenze is having the itinerary adjusted for the ship's November 29th departure, that 29th of 2024. That particular sailing is a three-night voyage round trip from Long Beach visiting Ensenada. The port day was originally uh, supposed to have been on Sunday, December the 1st, but instead will now be on Saturday, November 30th. Sunday, the last full day of the short weekend getaway, will now be a day at sea. No change has been made in the port in the uh, in-port visiting hours, which remains from 8 to 5. The Vista Class Carnival Panorama will not be sailing the originally planned itinerary for her 30th 2024 departure. The impact cruise is a six-night Mexican Riviera sailing with calls in Cabo and Ensenada. The changes for this cruise are very similar to those for Carnival Radiance, with reversing the order of calls to hit Ensenada first prior to Cabo and adjusting the times in Cabo, but still booking the overnight visit. The original itinerary had the ship from in Cabo from 10 to 4 uh, p.m. the next day, while now the visit will be from 9 a.m. until 2.30 the next day. None of the three impacted sailings have their home port times setting sail or returning home changed in any way. These are all in-cruise changes. And as Carnival tends to do, and not just Carnival, most of the cruise lines tend to do the same thing. There's no explanation given why they're making these changes. I mean, I'm sorry, folks. 
why can't they say, all right, we're changing the, 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 these itineraries for these things because Ensenada uh, has to blow their nose or there's a, a construction on the dock or they're dredging a canal or whatever the reason why they're moving things around. Why not say so? Uh, or are you just doing this so you got putzes like me that are going to report it as news and give you free advertising? I sometimes wonder about that. All right, I'll be back with a couple more stories after a quick break and word from one of our network sponsors. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash mpn to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash mpn. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. All right, the next uh, story, you know, we've talked about um, uh, China's Adora Magic City, the first large cruise ship built domestically in China, and it has successfully completed the inaugural sea trial and has now returned to her home port in Shanghai. The achievement was reported by the China State Shipbuilding Corporation, the world's largest shipbuilder. The sea trial took place on July 17th and saw the massive vessel depart from Shanghai Waigaquao Shipyard, a CSSC subsidiary responsible for the construction. Over the course of eight days, engineers conducted 60 function tests to thoroughly evaluate the ship's power propulsion and control systems. Additionally, the uh, China State Shipbuilding Corporation ensured that the ship's amenities provided convenience and comfort to her passengers. With the sea trial success, the ship will now undergo further refinement of its equipment and interior decor. The second sea trial is scheduled to occur uh, before October. If all goes uh, as planned, the floating, floating luxury hotel will be delivered to its buyer by the end of the year. Shen Kang, the general manager of Shanghai Wagakuao Shipyard and chief designer of the cruise ship, expressed confidence in meeting the deadline. Congratulations to the folks there and uh, at Adora Cruises and the folks at the shipyard. Yeah, this is a significant development. And it's, let me say this, folks. I'm, I'm going to ask everybody whether you're uh, watching this live or whether you watch this on replay. Uh, 
I'd like to do a, a poll. And I want you to consider everything other than it's another big ship. Okay. If that's the reason that you, you don't sell on any big ships, say so. But I want you to consider political uh, ramifications, geopolitical ramifications, uh, the fact that this is, I mean, China is one of our main adversaries. If you look at the U.S., we still buy a lot of stuff from China. There's a lot of trade between the countries. My question is, would you sail a cruise ship that was built in China? Would you go to Shanghai and sail on the Adora Magic City or wherever it's whatever port it's going to be sailing from? I probably would. I mean, even though the ship is built for the the Oriental marketplace probably a little wider than just Chinese. And I may have issues with English being spoken on the boat. I think that might be an interesting thing to do. But then I don't get as, you know, I'm not as gung-ho American is the best in the world at everything we do, like some people are. I mean, I liked MSC when they were giving me all my my instructions in seven different languages. I thought that was fascinating. And I didn't mind it. I didn't mind it near as much as I mind some obnoxious cruise directors making them in one language. But then that's me. So I would vote as a yes. If you vote as a no, I mean, just I'm not holding that against anybody. I'm doing this just to see what the general feelings are out there. If you're uh, in the chat room, you can put it in the chat room. If you're watching this uh, via the replay, put it in the comments. And I'll total them up and come up with an idea about what everybody thinks about it. But that's about the Adora Magic City, passing her seat, Charles. On its way to where we'll see her at this, and uh, you know, on the high seas, you know, one of these days. Little news out of Aida. Aida Cruises, of course, is the leading cruise company in the German cruise industry, has introduced new half day and full day excursions for its guests during the summer of 2023 and winter of 23 and 2024. These unique tours, known as National Geographic Day Tours, have been specifically crafted by National Geographic experts to focus on education and sustainable tourism. AIDA places significant importance on providing memorable and responsible vacation experience for its guests, and sustainability is a crucial aspect of its product offerings. With continuous commitment to enhancing shore excursions, AIDA aims to cater to various groups and age ranges, emphasizing local immersion and environmental protection. The addition of National National Geographic Day Tours 
to their portfolio is a testament to this dedication. The new excursions provide cruise guests with exceptional opportunities to explore selected destinations in depth, uncovering the cultural treasures. These tours are deliberately conducted in small groups led by local guides trained by National Geographic. The destinations covered include regions in France, Greece, Italy, Spain, Turkey, the Canary Islands, and Madeira. Alongside the region's natural beauty, the focus of these tours is to connect with the local people and their culture. Some of the fascinating National Geographic day tours, and I'm going to try to use only ones that I reasonably know how to pronounce the words. I'm not going to, not even listing some of them that have words that I'd stumble over. Probably stumble over some of these anyway. But anyway, they include a geology. Ge- <laughs> I tremble over a trump tripped over a word I know, folks. It includes a geologist led hike to the sacred Montserrat Mountain in Barcelona, a captivating tour of Rome's mysterious underworld with an archaeological offering unique insights into the city's ancient architecture and heritage, and an opportunity in Ibiza to discover the island's true nature with an herbalist and a beekeeper who explains the significance of bees for the ecosystem and food stability. All right. Congratulations to AIDA and the National Geographic. Um, yeah, if there was one that's accessible, I'd love to do some of those. However, some of them that involve hiking and stuff might be in areas that are not wheelchair accessible. But I would. All right, some news out of uh, Galveston. The Port of Galveston Board of Directors approved a plan to issue a $50 million uh, bond, uh, 20-year bonds, for upgrades to the cruise Terminal 25, the future home of Carnival Jubilee. According to, that's a terrible picture. Wow, I should have noticed that before. That's a horrible picture. Sorry about that. I should I should check that. Uh, according to the Galveston Daisy News, the Wharves Board bonds, despite some concern among members about the... Wow, that had a complete skip of a sentence. Let me try that again, folks. Um, the Wharves Board of Trustees, there we go, green-lighted the bonds despite some concern among members about the increased cost of the terminal project, which reportedly ballooned by $25 million. Carnival Jubilee is scheduled to begin year-round service from Galveston in late December. In May, Port Director CEO Roger Reese outlined a $53 million uh, expansion uh, for the LNG-powered 180,000 ton, gross ton ship, including gangway modifications, a ramp, two elevators, an escalator, and a new roof. He said the port also will make mandated facility improvements for U.S. Customs and Border Protection. Reese said the upgrades would be funded by cash reserves 
a proposed bond issue and a usage agreement with Carnival. The Galveston Daily News this week put the cost at $55 million. It cited Reeves as saying Carnival will repay more than 80% of the debt. With current passenger projections in, uh, indicating the money will be paid back in approximately 11 years. A cruise industry infrastructure expert not associated with the deal uh, has said that the decision to issue the bonds is a positive development. Historically, Galveston funded cruise terminal upgrades from cash reserves. The Galveston board doesn't necessarily have a huge amount of cash on hand, the source said. That's why they leased the land to Royal Caribbean to build its own terminal. Um, the facility uh, cost about $125 million. Now, with Carnival, the, the port is going to build up their infrastructure with the cruise line, guaranteeing most of the cost. It's an efficient way for the port to grow. They're getting financially uh, financing based on the cruise line's credit. That's one more bit of information to suggest there's a surge in the cruise industry post-pandemic. Uh, post uh, port officials were to meet with city leaders to present the financing plan according to the Galveston News and a city council vote is expected within the next couple of weeks. That's pretty good stuff down there in Galveston. All right, guys, this first came to me from my buddy Nate up in Alaska. And then almost within not, not more than 20 or 30 minutes after I was sitting here reading from uh, what Nate had sent me, uh, my buddy John Morris uh, put out an article on this about uh, laboratories on smaller airplanes. Uh, that's uh, what one could possibly look like. And by the way, the entire article that John wrote about this is now posted on my blog, accessadventure.net. You might want to check it out for more information than I have just in the story. The Department of Transportation just announced new requirements for all narrow-body aircraft with 125 seats or more, the requirement is they must have a large, accessible lavatory for passengers with disabilities. Thank you. The onboard wheelchair must be able to enter the lavatory in the forward position, and the lavatory must allow <coughs> the individual space to transfer uh, to the toilet. The Department of Transportation would like for the door to close to provide passengers the same level of privacy as others. If that isn't possible, there must be some type of barrier that will provide a passenger the privacy they need and expect. Now, remember, folks, we're dealing with a limited amount of space, and this is going to take some redesign. Uh, this regulation will affect all newly delivered aircraft three years after the effective date of the ruling, so airlines and manufacturers have three years to design an accessible laboratory. However, the regulation will not apply to existing aircraft, meaning the airline will not have to retrofit their current existing fleet. I can understand why that may be a total impossibility 
but I'm real sorry that the airlines that are the planes that are out there are never going to be refitted so that I might be able to use the restroom. Of course, there's a couple more questions about this one that I have too. Anyway, judging by the current outstanding narrowbody orders from American, Delta, United, and Southwest, what this ruling means is that passengers needing an accessible, accessible laboratory on a narrowbody aircraft will have to wait until the next fleet renewal cycle begins. Most of these carriers will have ta uh, taken delivery of hundreds of narrowbody aircraft prior to the th three-year effective date and all current aircraft and any aircraft delivered within the three-year period are exempt. So that's not going to help us in the short term. But still, I'm enough of a realist to realize that uh, what uh, Transportation Director Buttigieg, Buttigieg, by the way, I have uh, sent him a request to appear on this show one day. Don't know if that'll ever happen, but I've asked. Uh, it, clearly, it's a step in the right direction. The And by the way, what we're talking about on the planes, folks, in case you're thinking about the three seats and two seats or whatever, this is the one that's got the aisle straight down the center of the plane with two seats on each side. That's the narrow body plane we're talking about. And if any of you have ever been in a restroom on one of those planes, not only is there not room for a wheelchair, there's barely room for my fat butt to get in, in there and take care of business standing and walking, which, I mean, I can walk a little. Uh, as it's getting less and less on my amount of walking space, if I'm much past the very front of the plane, I'm going to have trouble. That said, it's going to take some space and some reconfiguration of the seating. And maybe they have to cut out four seats or something or more, perhaps, to have a, a suitable space that I could, and I remember it's also about it got to be configured so you can turn a wheelchair into it. So you've got a turning radius issue as well. And there's a lot of things to think about. Uh, are we talking about power wheelchairs? Are we talking about manual wheelchairs or both? And then are they going to let me bring a chair on the plane rather than sending it to the luggage? That's a question that I have. Or is the airline going to have to provide me some type of a wheelchair to take me from my seat to the restroom? Then again, that puts you back in the same business of having to ask the stewardess to go get the wheelchair and bring it to you. Because, you know, again, uh, unless I'm seated really close, that's going to be a problem. Anyway, just a few questions that come off the top of my head. But in the long run, I mean, it's a positive thing that they're doing. It's clearly something that the disabled community needs. But don't think that you're going to go get on a plane next week and, and have 
some of the newer wide body big jets that carry 2,000 people or whatever, I understand have some accessible restrooms on them. I haven't been on one of those planes yet, but I understand some of them do now. Some of the newer ones. We're making strides. We're not to the in anywhere near that. We're not even to halftime yet. We're still in the first quarter, folks. But we're gaining ground. All right, let's go see who's fussing at me over in the chat room. Mike's here. Good morning, Mike. Katie's with us. Last morning in paradise. Till next summer. Katie will be coming back to reality tomorrow. Nikki's here. Hi, Nikki. Hot air is with us at the doctor's office. Routine checkup. Yep, still living. Okay. That's good to know. We don't have to take uh, hot air Tom's blood pressure. Dennis is here. Hi, Dennis. Hot Air says we're checked in online for our next cruise. Departs three weeks from Boston, seven days from, from Bermuda, then seven day uh, New England, uh, Canada cruise. I'm checked in on my August 20th Nordam cruise. I'm not checked in on the August 30th Sapphire Princess cruise yet. I think it's it today today or tomorrow that's when i can check in on that one steve's with us uh, by the way i thought it was funny in case you folks didn't realize that i realized it that several of you steve is one and elizabeth was one down at cajamel heard jason making some obnoxious comment when i said it was uh, at the end of the show or whatever, and I'd started into my closing out. And I did catch your comments that they heard Jason were laughing about it. So, yeah. Well, as you can tell with how J Jason and I are, we enjoy poking fun at each other and, uh, all the time. So, Tom, you can fill your doctor prescriptions in Canada. Oh, yeah, I could do it a lot cheaper up there, hot air. Joanne's with us. Happy Friday. I agree. It's Caribbean lobster, son. <laughs> Thank you. I understand, uh, Dennis. Yes, I much prefer Maine lobster as well. Uh, I'm having Maine lobster in one of the ports. Nice, hot air. Hot Air Tom says, in Portland, Maine. Very good. Lobster rolls, Dennis says. Lobster rolls are one of my favorite things to eat. My mother, uh, rest her soul, as I was growing up, so, I mean, that was all, that was about 100 years ago as it is now. Not really. You know, it was, that's probably the first time would have been in 60 three or four years ago, though, something like that. Uh, but my mother had some really close friends that were that lived right outside of Boston. Uh, kind of some of you that are familiar with that area, uh, Taunton, uh, 
down toward Foxborough where, where the stadium is in that general direction. There were two little bergs right back to back Mansfield and Norton. They lived on the line right in between the two. <clears throat> and we would go to visit them in the summer months. And her name was Cece, Cecilia actually, but everybody called her Cece. And when she knew we were coming, I knew we'd, because it's a long drive from Virginia to Boston, we can do it in one day most of the time. Uh, we'd get there uh, in the evening at well after dinner time, but she would have lobster rolls made for us. And I mean, they were always, they were as good as lobster rolls I've ever eaten anywhere in my life. And we could sit there and eat them all night, all night long. She made a, you know, a ton of them. Uh, so, um, very partial to lobster rolls. There's Emily. Hi, Emily. Hot, hot air Tom says no roll for me. Man, you're missing out on it, Tom. There, I mean, I like I like whole lobster too, but well, the lobster rolls are pretty damn good. Katie says Maine lobster is so much better. Oh, there's no doubt, doubt about that. Firenze. Did I do it wrong, Dennis? I practiced that uh, before when I was writing the show this morning. Firenze. Firenze. Yeah. That's the way I was doing it in practice. I probably I may not have done it right as I was saying it on the show. Because I can't make my brain and my tongue do what I want them to do. Hot Air says, I'm thinking free range kids, Dennis. Oh, okay. Hot Air says, maybe I could get a 12 month supply of a Zimpic for much less in Canada. It costs a small fortune. I wonder what my $11,000 a month stuff would cost in Canada. Well, maybe if I ever lose out on my funding, I'll worry about it. The whole paint on the Chinese ship reminds me of Epic. I, I thought that too, uh, Hot Air. It does. For some, the savings on prescriptions pay for the entire Canadian visit. By the port in Belize, there's an American chemist that has a very busy shop filling prescriptions for the Americans on board. Huh. I didn't know about that. They own the U.S. debt. They they build their they build quality their build quality is dodgy. Yeah, I can. Uh, yeah, I mean that's, but I'd still try it once. I understand that point, uh, Dennis, and that's one of the things that I thought about when I decided, yeah, I'd still do it. Katie said, I would try a Chinese ship. I have cruised in Asia and enjoyed it. Dennis says, I wouldn't say no, but they're getting, they're getting the side eye. I got you. Steve says, no interest in supporting China any more than we already do on a daily basis. I understand that. And I'm not saying, I'm not disagreeing with that either, Steve. Uh, Kenneth's with us. Hi, Kenneth, Pennsylvania. 
Hot Air says, ship, maybe not with Chinese cruisers. That's a very rude and pushy crowd. Yeah, I've noticed that, especially toward uh, disabled folks. They'll, they'll just go all over you. And right now, China is helping Russia for their invasion of Ukraine. Yeah, I got the feeling there's some negotiation going on behind closed doors on that one. Galveston needs to sort out the flooding. Yeah, uh, that's true. They get they get some there when they get hit with storms and so forth. Um, and I don't remember, I don't recall. It's been two years. Was there a bad hurricane last year in Galveston? I mean, I don't I don't remember. And I don't remember what the cruise ships did uh, the sailing date because now it's gotten so much, you know, they're, they're handling so many more ships. Yeah, that's clearly something to, to think about. Uh, I, I agree with that, Dennis. Kind of says 24 days to the next cruise. That's nice. You have everything for your trip. Kenneth Emily wants to know. Tom says, where's your cruise? I think we know that, but is the Canadian cruise embarking in Boston too, or New York, Boston, <coughs> same cabin for both? A nice deck 10 aft penthouse suite. And this is fantastic back to back. We're doing the Panama Canal out of Los Angeles and then it's in New York City, 19 days on the Emerald Princess. <clears throat> Steve says, that's awesome. I really miss cutting up with my dad. Yeah. Uh, and Jason and I have always had that, that kind of chemistry. Um, so, yeah, we have a lot of fun. And we have a lot of fun. And we we probably rarely a day goes by that we haven't texted something or emailed something, uh, even though we might not talk directly for a week or so. Something's gone on between us every day. So, yeah, very good relationship with Jason. Dennis said, you got a thumbs up. Thank you very much. I do appreciate that. Bye, everyone. Off to the blood test office. The vampire strikes again for hot air, Tom. Hey, Tom, what did uh, what did you do for excursions in Costa Rica? Jump off any cliffs there? That's what I'm thinking about, the waterfall jumping. Uh, yeah, no. I You know, I would do that, uh, Kenneth, but I can't get to it. That's one of the problems that anybody with uh, with mobility challenges, a lot of those excursions, uh, especially in the uh, second world, third world countries, uh, have you have to navigate steps. Well, you can't do that in a wheelchair or a scooter. So I can't get to the place to be able to do that. Some cruise ships are the same way. That's one of the, the biggest faults I have. 
as like uh, the race car track, for instance. There's no way to get there. There's no elevator to that deck. The, uh, the, the big water slide drops, all those things. You can't get there on a, on a scooter or a wheelchair. Not that I'd be able to do that because how would I get the, the, the device back down to the bottom again? So, but yeah, that, so that means that there are things on a cruise ship that, that I'm, you know, cut out of because of my disability. So it would be nicer if the cruise ship thought about that and had the elevators go to that same deck. It can be, it's done on some ships. It could be done on all ships. Just saying. That's one of the biggest things when I talk to cruise lines or talk to cruise people on cruise lines when I sit down and go over my survey with them before I get off the ship. One of the biggest problems for handicapped folks is getting in and out of your cabins. The cabin door for a, a handicapped accessible room needs to be push button, just like the public restrooms are on most ships now, at least one of them per bank of restrooms has a, a, a punch button door. The handicap accessible rooms in the cabins need to be the same way. There's nothing worse than me to have to lean forward with a card to unlock the door, push the door open with my foot that I've got to get outside my scooter or wheelchair, ride the thing in, get my foot out of the way and hope the door doesn't slam back and knock me off the scooter or chair on the other side. And then reverse it going out. It's the same way, especially on doors. that They feel like they weigh 50 pounds to me. There's also requirements on the weight of the doors. They can set that with the air pressure. Most of them aren't set that way. So that's one of the biggest complaints I have on most cruise ships is the, the cabin doors. Uh, there's no negotiation going on until complete withdrawal from Ukraine. I, I totally agree with that. Russia doesn't honor their agreements and the difficult to negotiate with someone intent on your annihilation. Yeah, I, I, I'm not, I don't disagree with that, but I'm thinking that some of the uh, underlying negotiations that are going on are with China from helping Russia. So, now whether that will work or not is a whole other story, and I, one that I would probably have to agree with you on also. Thomas left the chat, so ask him again on Monday, Kenneth. Yeah, I have to remember that Kenneth asked Connor Tom. I'd like to hear that answer as well. All right, guys, that's going to wrap me up for the weekend. I do have this last, my last day with Jason and the kids. They'll be heading home tomorrow. Uh, but it's been a, it's been a very uh, fun week for me. It's been a little on the busy side, but that's okay. My life is just seems to be uh, busy all the time anymore. Uh, anyway, uh, that's going to wrap up for the weekend. I will stay on top of things if anything big happens over the weekend. 
can always go live or do another live stream. You know, if there's a big enough story, I'll do it, doing a whole nother show. Other than that, I'm probably going to spend a good bit of this weekend in the pool as it's going to be in the mid nineties here uh, for the next few days. I think until Tuesday or Wednesday before we get a little break in the heat for us. So uh, that's going to wrap it up for today, folks. Uh, Y'all have a fantastic weekend. I'll see everybody back here Monday, same time, same channel. Thanks for being with me, guys. I so appreciate each and every one of you. That's it for today. As always, stay safe, stay healthy, think about cruising, and hopefully one day soon we'll all get together on the high seas. Have a great weekend, everybody. See you Monday. I regularly post videos on all facets of the travel and cruise industry, so if you like to keep up with the latest in cruise ships, ports of call, cruises themselves, chilly chats, and travel and cruise industry news, just hit the little subscribe button in the lower right-hand corner, hit the bell notification so you'll be notified when a new video is up or we go live. This video was produced by Chili's Cruises. My dad works in B2B marketing. But I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure, I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash mpn to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash mpn. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be to be.